in their eyes. To the point that in chapter 7, the chief priests and the Pharisees actually sent the temple guards to come arrest him because he was preaching in the temple and they were like, hang on a minute, we do not like this happening in in our camp. Let's get shot of this guy, let's get him arrested. But even when the guards went to get him, they started to listen to what he was saying. And they said, we've never heard anyone speak like this before. And in the end, they said, we're not arresting him. They went back to the chief priest and said, we're not arresting this guy. You heard what he's saying. So the start of chapter 8 begins with Jesus going back to the temple. So the guards have refused to arrest him. The next day, he goes back to the temple and he continues teaching. And he says controversial things. He says, he is the light of the world. And the Pharisees say, hang on a minute. Oh, the light of the world, what is this? They continue to challenge him about who he is. So we pick it up in John 8, verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we should be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So we're going to think about this section, we're going to think about what it means to be free. If we're thinking about weeds, what we want to do is get rid of the weeds. Because actually what we want, if you're a gardener, is the plants to be able to grow and flourish without weeds choking them and pulling them back. So really, we're going to talk about freedom today. We're going to start looking at that verse, which is verse 31. Jesus said, if you go to my teaching, if, and there's a word if, (coughs) there's a consequence of what happens if you do do that thing, but there's also a requirement for us to do something. If you go to my teaching. You know, this isn't like the Pharisees had where they had set rules where this isn't saying Jesus said, you've got to come to church every Sunday, you've got to be at every life group, and ten times a year we've got to do X or Y. That's not what he's saying. And that's not what we're required as Christians. But it doesn't mean we do nothing. Alright? If you think about it, I really want to see a sunrise. You can say that. But if you're actually going to see a sunrise, there's probably two things you need to do. You have to get up early, yeah? Because if you don't get up till midday, you're probably going to always miss the sunrise. <laughs> you have to go where you can see it. And obviously, probably thirdly, what I did, it's not got too much light where you can see it at all. Um, but there's a requirement for us in the natural world that if we need to do something or see something, we have to be active. We can't just stay in our houses and say, oh Lord, I'd love to see this. Oh please, Lord, let me see a sunrise. Mm-hmm. Get up early. Go out and find one. The same is true if we want to get healthy and we want to get fit. Oh Lord, I want to run a marathon. Please, Lord, you let me run a marathon. Get up and run. You're not going to be fit enough to run a marathon if you never do any training. So Jesus is saying to them, if Question for us, what is it that we need to do to do the next bit? If 
you hold to my teaching? Do we hold to his teaching? And the words around this in the different translations of the Bible are words like abide. It's not an old-fashioned word about it. It means resting, <coughs> surrounded by, soaked in, constantly in the presence of his teaching. If we take Jesus' teachings, take the Bible, and we hold to them, not just in a legalistic way where we say, yep, I'm holding to the teaching because I tie 10% of my income to the church. Therefore, I'm holding to his teachings. And these verses talk about sin is everywhere. Do you know, we always get stuff wrong because we are human and we are here. And we will continue to get stuff wrong and say the wrong thing and do the wrong thing whilst we're here on this earth. But that doesn't stop us holding to his teachings. Knowing them, and then trying to follow them. So we do those things. We see if, when we recognise we have to do something active, then we follow his teachings. Then, so we've got an outcome here. These are things that happen if we do those things, if we follow his teachings. Then, what is it that happens? You are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So we can go straight to the verse that says the truth will set you free. But if you do that, you miss the first bit, which is the if. You abide, soak yourself constantly in his teachings, then you will know and be set free. And maybe when you read further down this passage, there's a truth about who Jesus is. When Peter is saying to them, I am he, I am the saviour, I am the one that will set you free, I am him, guys I'm here, look at me, I'm here, right in front of you. They were so blinded by what they had perceived as going to be the Messiah, and what they perceived to be the challenge to their status. Jesus says, if you hold my teaching, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And the truth in this, as he goes through, he talks about he is the Christ. He is going to save the world. He's not from the world. And we can see other truths in the Bible, can't we? We are precious to God. We are, you are precious to God. You are loved by God. We're pretty brown and jacky about that. It's really crucial that when you face really challenging you know that you are loved by God. That's a truth, that's a fact. We are chosen, you are chosen. You're not here by accident today, whether it's your first time here, you've been here a hundred times. You've been chosen. God has picked you. There's a great verse that I uh, used, to, used to do in kids' club many moons ago, and it's always stuck with me as a translation. And it says, you were picked from the very first to belong to his bunch. Yeah. yeah. You were picked from the very first that belonged to his club. Do you remember the sports games at primary school where people used to pick, and also really sporty people got to pick the teams? Because what you didn't want to be was picked last. It was awful, wasn't it? Or for those of you, whether many of you have done this, but we used to have to do dancing as part of PE, and they could line up all the boys on one side of the room and all the girls on one side. 
and the boys had to walk across and pick their dance partner. And we saw people coming like, please, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's not the kind of thinking we're talking about. We're talking about God saying from the beginning, I'm going to choose her. Before I was born, God said, Jill's going to be mine. Yeah. What? That's insane. Those are truths. And the really important thing is it says here, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Yeah. Yeah. So ultimately, what we know is Jesus came to save the world, to free us from our sins. And in the end, at the end of the book, we know what happens. We've read Revelation. Jesus wins. We will ultimately be free of sin and not have to worry about truths and weeds choking us because we will be free. We are saved by him. We will, we will ultimately be free from that. But the challenge is we are here now and we're living in this world. And I don't know about you, but there's definitely weeds in my life. There's definitely things that catch me. Things that are there. Sometimes I know they're there and sometimes I don't. But there are weeds that can choke. And if we don't address them, if we don't acknowledge and agree that there are times in our lives where there are weeds and thorns, then we won't become the next bit of that verse in John, which was about being good soil. We want to be good soil, not just because, yeah, look at us, we've got great soil. I've got no weeds. Don't know about you, you've got weeds. <laughs> I've got no weeds. It's not about that, is it? Because good soil produces plants that produce good fruit. What we want ultimately is for more people to know Jesus yeah. and be saved. Yeah. For the whole of the hell state to know that Jesus is king. <coughs> and we can't do that if we've got a plant that's been choked and starved of all its nutrients. So I'm going to move a little sideways. <coughs> and I'm going to, I quite often use props, don't I? Yeah. What's this? Sweets. We're going to talk about kindred. Does anyone know uh, an interesting fact about kindred? About America? It's forbidden, yeah. It's banned in America, the country where you can buy a gun. You can't buy a kindred. <laughs> you cannot buy a kindred. It's illegal. Because the choking risk, there's a little toy inside the the choking risk is too high. Bad <laughs> <laughs> gone. So we're going to draw on some examples from a kinder surprise. So I want to think about this and think about things that might restrict or limit us. Now I think sometimes there's a wrapper here that's all foil. We all know it's there, but really what the foil's doing. Is stopping us getting to the next bit. What's underneath the foil? Oh. The good stuff really is underneath the foil. But actually, maybe we quite like the foil in there. Maybe it's quite safe. Maybe we don't really want to take the foil off. Perhaps this is a weed in our life, the foil, that we see. We know that that weed's there. When I'm talking about it, you think, oh yeah, there's that. There's always that thing in my life. There's that thing that trips me up. There's that thing that I know I've always got that bad attitude. I've always got that thing that stops that, that, that plant in me going completely through. 
it's hidden in plain sight in your life. Maybe there's a there's a weed that not only do you know is there, you know that people who know you really well know is there, it's hidden in plain sight. There's a thing that always catches you, always trips you up, an attitude. Maybe it feels like it's always been there, so actually you're quite comfortable. I'm going to put this back over because actually, do you know what? Yeah. I, I feel alright with this there. I feel like if I've got the fire on, I'm alright, it's quite safe and protected. And, and I'm not sure I want to get to the chocolate, but I'm just going to keep things as they are. I'm quite happy with the status quo, and I'm not sure that if I take the weed out, I really want to grow. I don't really sign up to be a grow garden full of you know, good soil. Maybe it's stuff from our childhood or our upbringing that we think actually it had a purpose then, it protected us. I picked it up and I put it on as protection and I'm quite happy leaving it there. That's, that was there for a purpose and so I'm not going to take it off because I think it was quite painful. That thing that happened to me that caused it to be there was quite painful. So I'm just going to leave that there and I don't really want God to look at that. I don't really want God to start to peel that away. Because I'm a bit worried it's going to be painful. Maybe we've just said, do you know what, that thing, that, that, that foil that's in the way of me getting to the chocolate, it's just what I'm like. It's my character. My mum was like that. I always get really angry. And we've kind of accepted it. We see it's there. We know probably it's not mine, but we've become so used to it. We call it part of us. Oh, I'm just like that. Are you? Is that what God says about you? Is that a truth? Or maybe is that a lie? Maybe it's a lie from the enemy coming in to try and stop you from growing, to try and limit your growth. Maybe we're just very comfortable and we think, you know, we're just going to stay where we are. What is this inside of us that, that makes us keep this protective form on? Maybe it's anger, greed, attitudes, actions, habits that we've got. Maybe it's what we call worldliness, and that just means putting things before Jesus. That just means that we're focused on the next new job, the next big thing, the next new telly, the next new trainers, and actually we're not focusing on what Jesus is doing in our lives. And do you know what I wanted when I started to prepare this, is maybe God has done a little bit of healing already. And what we do is we go, okay, yeah, I'll let you take that little bit off it. Yeah, no, that's enough. Yeah. All right, I, that's enough now. I'm not, I can see chocolate, and I'm having a little nibble of that chocolate. I can tell it's good, but I'm all right with that. Just, just leave the rest on, thank you. Just, just enough. I'll just nibble enough, because I can taste the sweet chocolate, but leave the rest of the foil. I'm going to just keep that there. Do you know what? Jesus didn't come so we can be a little bit free. Yeah. He didn't come so we could be a little bit saved. Did he? He came that we would be saved. Not a little bit. Now that does not also mean that he is going to take that foil off in one go and leave your quivering jelly on the floor. Alright? What we're saying is, can we focus on Jesus and say, where is it in my life you want to take? Where is a big thing that you actually want to deal with? It? Actually, it's something that's been holding me back for years and years, and I'm going to take big bits off. You're going to free me from this bit that's holding me back 
You want to start to release me. You want to start to feel it back. It's not about us choosing to do it. It's about loving Jesus to do that in our lives. And maybe you're already starting from this point. Maybe you feel like God's been doing a lot of work already. And actually, it's still going Without removing all the foil, we can't completely get to the chocolate. And if you're a kid, what you want, either a toy, you want the chocolate first. If you see a kid get to it, that foil is off in a second. Because they know what's underneath, they know that's the chocolate. If we let God do that work in us, we can get to this level. But he wants a challenge with that. But we get to this level and we go, yep, I've got chocolate, I'm alright. I'm going to stay right here, and in the middle of it, I've got the chocolate. Whoa. <laughs> but the chocolate actually is quite thin, isn't it? There's not really that much chocolate on these tickets. It's not like having a whole thing or something. It's quite thin, and it, as you can tell in my hands, it's quite easily broken. But maybe you let God take the foil off, and then you just stick with the chocolate. All right. <coughs> what I don't want you to do, God, and what you are not going to do, what you are not allowed to do there, God, I'm just letting you know, I don't want you to deal with this bit. I'm going to keep you, God, controlled at the level of the chocolate, because I'm happy with that. I feel like you, you've done the foil quite so much, but I'm just going to keep you at the chocolate level. We can probably do that where we've had freedom in the past in our lives, where we know God's done stuff and we've been freed from particular things. Freed from, uh, you know, I guess in my life there's been times where God has helped me move on from times of feeling abandoned, times of feeling alone, uh, times of distress, times of grief. But freed you from those feelings and allowed you to step forward. But He doesn't want you to feast out on that forever. That was for them. That was when you took the foil off before. What's next? Don't feast on stuff in the past. Ask him what he's doing now. Jesus came. Jesus came that we can be fully free. He doesn't want us to stop the chocolate there. He wants us to get us to the prize, which in this example is a toy. But you know, this is a point where you get challenged. This is perhaps a bit more hidden than the stuff on the outside. Perhaps this is stuff that's a bit deeper. You can't really see through this, so if you didn't know that I told you there was a toy in there, you wouldn't know what was inside. <laughs> it's quite hard. A bit tougher to get through than the foil. It's not quite so easily peeled off gradually. It's a bit tougher not to crack. And maybe you've let God get the foil off. Maybe you've had the tiny chocolate, but you know there's a tough nut underneath there. And you do not want them to have that very much. You're going to keep that right out of the way. But again, Jesus came that we can be fully free. Not just a little bit free, fully free. Yeah. And if we go back to our verse in uh, uh, John, verse 36. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. <laughs> Fact. If we free ourselves, it's a different matter. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. There's a truth there. What Jesus does to release us from things that tie us down, we will be free indeed. Not a little bit free, fully free from that thing. 
If Jesus takes this and he wants to open it, it's because he wants you to be free. It might be tough to get through. It might take some time, it might take some prayer. You might have to share it with other people. You might have to wipe your comfort zone and be really honest about that thing that's tying you down and holding you back. Maybe for you, this yellow pod represents something that is a constant problem, a thorn in your sight, something that always catches you up. You think it's gone, and then a few months or years later, bang, there it is again. The attitude, the habit, the thought, the family breakup, the family situation, catches you, and it's tough. But do you know what? Jesus died and rose again so that we can be free. And we need to live a life holding on to the prize that's inside. What we don't want to do is where I started. Is with a kinder egg that we're quite happy to look at and put on a shelf and never get into. What is the point in that? The only reason a child wants a kinder egg is for two reasons. One, it's got chocolate in it. Two, it's got a job. If you leave it on the shelf and never touch it, it's pointless. And it will be melting it. What we want is the prize. The prize is inside here. If we go back to what we started with, which was Matthew, about the seed and the plants, other seed fell on the thorns which grew up and choked the plants. But other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred and sixty or thirty times what was sown. What we want to be is free of weeds that's choked and ties down, free of attitudes. Free of things that perhaps are always hidden in plain sight. Things that are just underneath the surface. Things that the foil is hiding. Let's let Jesus come in and tear up from that foil. Take it off. Let us help. Let, it, let us release ourselves so that he will come in and help us get down to this area. Then let's keep walking with him. Because in the end, he wants to crack those hard nuts by our lives. Those things that have always time is up. When I was preparing this, there is something for someone here. Um, I was thinking about a really cool hashtag, you know, hashtag dominate pitch, hashtag whatever. Um, I didn't come up with one, apologies. If anyone has one, let me know. Um, but there's something about this being opened and about freeing the child. I feel like there's someone here who needs to recognise that what God wants to do is to free the child in them. And the releasing of this toy represents that. Free the child, whatever was said about you before, whatever limitations was put on you, God wants you, virtually, take this little toy and make it like a childhood. In the end, that yellow pot just needed me to flip the cap and I've got the toy. What looked really impenetrable and if you try and get into it yourself, you probably can do it hand like that. Actually, in the end, Jesus will just unlock it. Pop, pop was the lid. Out comes the joy. It seems to be a meerkat. Maybe that's the <laughs> You know, we look at things sometimes and we take these analogies, and I recognize this is just an example. But to us, what looks like really hard plastic that we cannot get through. Jesus just goes, you just take the lid off, shall I? Bang. Let it be free. What the sun sets free is free indeed. Let's not hold ourselves 
sort of thinking, this is too difficult a problem for Jesus to handle. He can handle it all. There is nothing that you are facing, no situation that you're in, that Jesus cannot step into. So I'd encourage us to go back to that verse, to go back to the sermon about the plants and the growth. Let's look for thorns in our soil, things that we know that are there, things that perhaps we've hidden for a long time, things that always tricked us up. <coughs> and let's let Jesus pull back the soil, pop open the yellow capture. Let's look at the prize. Let's not hold ourselves back and let the weeds grow. The weeds grow, they're just going to hold you down and limit you and restrict you and make you feel bad about yourself and that you can't ever win. Because what that's for, the enemy wants you to think. Because if you were free, then what happens? Ah, we're going to go crop. We're going to reach people for Jesus and it's going to be a hundredfold. Can you imagine this church growing by a hundredfold? A few practical problems that might come up. Hundred services a day. But you know what? If God does that, we'll fix it. Because God will fix it. And then we have a bigger building and God will just deliver all of these things to us. But let's not be stuck and just go, oh, it's not, I've got a little plan and I quite like it plan. Let's not get too carried away to Let's just leave it as it is. With the sunsets free, it's free indeed. So I'm going to challenge you this week to think about that. To think about what it is that's a weed in your life. What it is that's stopping you from growing. What is it that's choking <coughs> your growth as a Christian? Where is that habit or that attitude that holds you back? Because Jesus can set you free. In a minute I'm going to pray from the front. But I'm also going to ask Amanda to come round and give you out something. There's slightly more people here than I expected. So I'm going to ask you all to take the middle of a kinder egg. I don't have a chocolate side. And I've imagined to take one per family, just to make sure we have enough to go round. And inside that, you'll find a verse from the Bible about freedom. Now you can open it now, or you can take your egg home, and you can look at that this week. And I want you to use it as a reminder of what Jesus says about you being free. Fully free, not half free, not a little half bit of chocolate, fully free. And I want you to pray about it this week, and go back to Jesus and say, where in my life do I need to be free? Where is the areas that I would follow? Where is the yellow one <coughs> environmental impact. I apologise, they will be single-use plastic. Try other options, but they weren't freely available. So please, if you take an egg, please try and recycle it. Please make sure that you use it for someone's Easter gift. Perhaps you can use it for craft activities. I don't mind, but please just don't throw it in the bin. That would be really bad. So for anyone that's particularly eco-friendly, I'm sorry. <coughs> Um, so Amanda's going to go round and give out an egg per family. 